This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lost Start of Communication podcast. I'm very excited today because Molly and I are recording with just the two of us about something that actually came up recently in both of our lives. We felt inspired to do this episode because we heard a line in a movie that really resonated with us. So we both recently watched the movie Soul by Disney Pixar, and there was a line in the movie without giving away too much of it in case you haven't seen it, but there was a scene where conversation got really deep and people learned things about each other that they never knew. And one of them said something along the lines of, why have we never talked about this before? And the response was, you never asked. And that line of you never asked has for me personally been coming up in several conversations where I've been speaking with friends or speaking about interactions that I've had and recognizing something that I've known for a while, but something that I've been more explicit about sharing with people is that I'm the kind of person that probably won't go super deep into something unless you ask. Now, of course, there are times when I'll just openly share and that's important too, but I found that the strongest connections that I have with people happen as a result of asking questions and asking the right questions. And so today we just want to talk a little bit more about how to do that. How do we think of a good question to ask that will facilitate a deeper bond? And how do we also be more comfortable sharing about ourselves when someone does ask these questions? So that was our inspiration for today. And we're just going to kind of chat about it and our thoughts. Yeah. And I think number one, Soul is an awesome movie. If you ever have a chance to watch it, it's free on Disney+. Plus. Black lead, Black culture throughout the whole movie. It's great. But in that scene, they got into deeper stuff that they had never talked about before. And I think that's so interesting to think about like the people in our lives. How many people in our lives have we gone through life with and not gotten to know them on that deeper level? Because we haven't asked the right questions. Yeah, exactly. So when I was thinking about all of this and thinking, I get questions from clients sometimes too, of how do I ask better questions? How do I even know what to ask or where to start? And I was wondering why this was such a problem and why it comes intuitively to some people and less to others. And for myself, I think this is something that there was a point in time where I had to actively work at being better at asking questions because there was a time in my life when I was incredibly awkward and would be in a, in a group setting, especially, and just, there'd be this silence. And it's like, I don't know what to say. And I get so fixated on saying the right thing. But I realized that with practice and time and focus, you really can increase your comfort asking questions and it becomes a lot easier to do so. But one of the things that I think has been an impediment for people in today's day and age to think of these sorts of questions naturally is the fact that we are generally less inquisitive than we used to be, I feel, because we don't necessarily need to stop and wonder why something is the way it is or wonder how something works. Because if we have a question, we can just Google it and we don't really sit with that that pondering of how did this happen or why is this like that? And so we're just 
generally less practiced in asking questions or we're expecting instant validation. And so maybe we don't have the patience to wait for the answer, or maybe we're just in general, less curious or we're very curious, but we know that if we have a question, we can just Google it and read for hours and hours and hours, which is different from spontaneously having a question and asking a person. This, yes. Also, I thought you bring up Google and I was just thinking about social media. Like if we hang out with a friend that we just saw their whole life on social media, do we have to ask what they did last weekend? No, we saw it on social media. So in, in addition to Googling, also having the answers at our fingertips half the time, it's hard to wonder and sit in that, like Trisha said, that inquisitive place of, hmm, I wonder what this person's doing or, you know, I wonder how they experienced that or how they felt about that. Cause we kind of have the answer at our fingertips all the time. That's so interesting. I hadn't thought about social media, but that's a really good point. But I think that's something that we can use as a tool. So it could be yeah. a replacement and something we've done an episode on before is how to use social media to build deeper connections instead of replacing connections. But if you're looking at their post and saying, oh, I have nothing to ask them because I already know that they had a cappuccino last Saturday and I already know that they wore the plaid scarf to the mall or whatever. All you know very about. important things we must know about these people. <laughs> exactly. But you can use the post to give you inspiration to ask the question. And so asking things like, how was that cappuccino? I've been wanting to try that place. Or did you buy anything at the mall? Or, you know, asking questions more about the person and their experience as opposed to the physical event. Yeah, totally. And, and figuring out their feelings about it, right? Like, yes, we saw they had that experience, but how did they feel about it? What did they experience there? And I think that can get into deeper conversations too, which I want to get into later in this episode, but questions can often lead to these very superficial conversations sometimes if we don't ask the right questions, which you brought up so nicely earlier, Trisha. We have to ask the right kind of questions. That's how we can really get into those deeper relationship building, rapport building conversations. That's true. But I think it's also okay to sometimes ask the really simple, shallow questions, especially if you're making small talk or just mm. getting to know someone. Yeah, asking, where'd you buy your sweater is not going to probably establish your lifelong friendship, but it could spark something and it really just shows a genuine interest. So I don't think mm -hmm. we need to put so much pressure on asking the perfect question. Of course, there are some that will be deeper than others, but just asking a question shows I'm interested in learning more about you. And I, I want to know this thing about you as long as it's not like, where'd you get that sweater? Oh my gosh, that's my favorite store. I bought blah, 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 blah. Like you can relate and connect on that, but you also want to remember that you're focusing on that other person and their answer and not making it all about yourself. But in the beginning, I think even the most simple basic questions can actually be a way to get more comfortable with this. Because if you listen to this episode and then think, okay, I'm going to start asking everyone I know what their secret lifelong dream is or what their worst childhood experience was, like things that you know, people aren't going to want to share right off the bat you're not going to feel comfortable doing that anyway, unless 
or until you feel comfortable in general asking more questions. So I think asking some of the more basic shallow questions is fine in the beginning until you feel like, okay, I, I feel comfortable enough talking and having this back and forth with this person that I can start asking more personal, vulnerable questions. Yeah. And I, yeah, totally. And having that, you know, personality trait to this new person you're communicating with of being inquisitive does show that there's going to be hopefully more of a relationship there because I always want to hang out or be around people that are interested in me because I am egocentric as most of us are. We, we live in this world that we are the main character, hopefully, and we have a lot to share. And if someone's inquisiting, inquisiting, asking questions about me, I get to share and that feels good. And so thinking about how that feeling feels good to share, put that opportunity on the person you're with. So they have that opportunity as well. Yeah, of course we all, that's how our human brains are wired is we're the center of our world. And We've talked a lot on the show about how listening and giving people space to talk makes people feel good. And so that's what asking questions does. But I think we can even take it a step further by showing our interests, like you said, in the person. That makes us feel special. It's one thing to just talk about something and have somebody listen to you. It's another thing for the listener to be deeply engaged with what you were saying and be asking follow-up questions and things of that nature, which I was having a conversation with someone the other day about the different types of conversations that we have. So I've noticed that there are some conversations where you're talking about more objective material. So you're talking about the weather or you're talking about... COVID or you're talking about even about politics, that's not always objective, but it's something that's not specific to either person. It's more of a a third element versus there are other conversations where you're talking about yourself and your life and your personal experiences. I'm the kind of person who, when I meet someone and I'm trying to get to know them, I care a lot more about asking about them, asking about their life, asking about what they enjoy, trying to figure out their personality. Other people are more drawn to the conversations where let's talk about sports. Let's talk about the grocery stores we like. Let's talk about these other things where it can be a really good, fun, stimulating conversation, but you're not necessarily learning too much about the other person's life. And obviously there's room for both. Some of my best friends in Savannah, I have bonded with in our first conversation about nutrition because we were both very interested in nutrition and that gives us a starting place but then that opens the door for more personal things how did you get into this what health experiences did you have which can be very personal and vulnerable too but I think just recognizing that different people experience and prefer different conversations a different way can be very illuminating and that relies so much on you noticing how the other person is responding to your questions too, right? Like you have to see how, when you ask a certain question, are they, are they eager to open up? Are they bored by your (laughs) inquisition? Are they thrilled that you asked about their sweater or that nutrition, you know, information from them? Like there's, it's, it's always a dynamic 
interaction. We can't, it's hard to give these very explicit tips of you need to ask X, Y, Z, and then you can get into the next type of questions because it always definitely depends on how the person responds. And like Trisha said, there's different people that you talk with who are going to live in that different world of how deep the relationship is going to get. But you want to be able to explore how deep that can get by trying different questions and really being inquisitive in different ways. Yeah. And what I think hearing you say all that back, the way to kind of make this useful and put it into, (laughs) into action is thinking about my own life. If I'm, I've gotten to the stage in life where I feel comfortable if I'm on an elevator with someone, I can make small talk with them and it's fine or be at a party and think of something to talk about. And it doesn't have to be deeply personal. And I was talking to someone recently who does door-to-door sales and he was asking me, how do I build rapport with people when I'm knocking on their door and I don't know them at all? Obviously he's not going to ask for their life story, but in those situations, so making small talk, meeting people at a party, going door-to-door, you can use the more objective facts or talk about something that you have in common. Maybe that person has a common interest and that's something that you can talk about or say, oh, I noticed the surfboard in your garage. I love surfing or something like that. Or you can use things in the environment as a cue. So noticing someone's outfit, noticing something, like I said, in the environment, but just like a shared environment. Exactly. Yeah. Or if you notice someone's vehicle, you can ask about that or, you know, comment on something as that's a visual cue can be an easy way to just get the conversation started and get something flowing. It doesn't have to be super deep, but then as you're getting to know someone on a deeper level as a friend or romantic partner or even colleagues, and you want to get to know them on a more personal level, that's when you want to start asking things more about themselves and trying to get to know who they are and what their life experiences were. And so making it less about the objective facts and more about how did that feel for you? What was that like? Open up about, share that with me. And so everyone needs to have both types of conversations in different contexts, but that could be a way to kind of put this into perspective of when we can use one style of conversation versus the other. Yeah. Like I love that because you kind of have to go into it thinking, okay, what do I want out of this? I mean, we've talked about this, everything is a relationship. So what do I want out of this relationship, right? Your friend who does door-to-door sales, maybe one day you're like, oh my gosh, I met my best friend through door-to-door sales. I was trying to sell him something, but most of the time that's not the way it works. Like it's going to be a customer salesperson relationship, right? So your friend going into that situation is thinking, okay, how am I going to create a relationship that this person is willing to buy something from me or use my product? And so with that, yes, love that talking about that material or thing in the environment that you're noticing together. So using your senses, your eyes, your ears, um, your knowledge of the world around you to figure out what kind of thing can I touch on, like Trisha said. But then say you're on a date. That could potentially be your lifelong partner. Maybe that goes a little deeper, a little quicker. So you don't keep it so much surface level and you you start talking about those material things and shared environment things that you're noticing, seeing, hearing, 
smelling if you're at a restaurant. But then that's when you can then maybe take that next step further and say, huh, that smell. Oh my gosh. Like, um, that reminds Reminds me of this. Does that, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. That reminds me of this. Does that remind you of anything or had, did you ever watch that show when you were a kid? I don't know how a smell could remind you of a show, but you know what I mean? (laughs) There's definitely context to the relationship that you're asking questions with. And you know, it's so funny because while you're talking about that, thinking about the fact that if I meet someone that I find annoying or that I don't really want to be close with, but they seem to want to talk to me, then I will just keep it surface level and I can ask question after question after question about things that aren't going to expedite bonding because I don't want the person to feel bonded. And so that's something Mm. you can do too, is if you want to keep someone kind of at arm's distance, which is fair to do at times, rather than just shutting down and not talking at all, you can still talk and engage and have the conversation, but keep the questions a little more surface level versus like what Molly said, if you want to bond with someone, you're going to have to go past that stage at some point and ask the deeper questions and get comfortable sharing. Yeah. I'm thinking about the first date I had with my uh, partner I have and he asked, he was one of the first people that I went on a date with that really did ask questions. And I was thrilled. I was like, oh my goodness, on a date, I get to talk about myself. How novel. And it really did have this whole um, everlasting memory in my brain of that first date. And I've had a lot of first dates and not any, not many of them are crazy memorable. Uh, and that showed me too, when he was asking about all those questions and we did get a little deeper on that first date because he asked the right kind of questions for the relationship we wanted to build. Um, it showed me that he was interested. I would have been shocked later on to find out, like, say he wasn't interested and did ask all those questions brings it back to Trisha's point. Like when you are asking those kind of right questions, it shows that you are invested in creating potential deeper relationship with someone not always romantic but that was just my example yeah I love that and I think it all comes down to curiosity because sometimes people will say say to me like oh well I want to get to know this person better but I just don't know the right questions to ask and we can give you some fallback questions to have in your back pocket but what I think I do. And what's really helpful for me, and this might just be my personality or the way that my brain works, but if someone's telling me a story, I want to be able to picture myself having that experience, or I want to be able to visualize it like a movie in my mind. And so kind of to a fault, like sometimes someone will be telling me a story and like, oh, so-and-so said, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, what did you say then? And what did they say? Like, I want to know exactly how the conversation went because I like to picture it in my mind. But I think that's helpful because if you're listening to someone tell a story, you want to be able to visualize yourself there. And then you can ask yourself, what's missing? What do I not know yet? And then you can use that as the basis for the question that you ask so that it's not just, okay, I'm listening to the story. I have all the information. Great. You don't have all the information. So if you're really visualizing yourself being in that person's shoes and taking perspective, and then you can think, oh, I wonder what the color of the sand was in Vanuatu or wherever they were traveling. You know, you can Never add- heard that word Vanuatu. <laughs> <laughs> Small country off the coast of Australia, I think. No, but no. anyway, so you can ask those more specific questions and that 
naturally and organically will start to flow so that you're not going in with a list of questions. Because if you do that, you're not going to be present. You're not going to be focused, but really trying to internalize what the person is saying and feel into it and think, okay, well, I wonder what this was like for them can be a helpful tool. Does that make any sense? Or is that just something I do? (laughs) So you actually just to AT described my therapy activities. I do (laughs) like to AT. I have a marker board when I was back in person. Now I use the zoom whiteboard, but I had a marker board in front of me. And when I was telling a story, I work with a lot of my kids, um, who have social deficits. Um, and this is like in very hard for them to even ask those very simple questions. So obviously that's not what we're talking about, but to a very basic level, I would be telling a story and then I would draw out on the marker board what I've told them. So I'd say something like, oh my gosh, I went hiking the other day. So I draw like a picture of a mountain and then me on the mountain. What's missing is like, what mountain were you on? Who were you with? Like, was it raining or like what kind of like, what, what were you experiencing? Right. Um, And so then I get to fill in the blanks when they ask the right question oh I was with my partner draw a little person oh my gosh and it was snowing draw lots of blizzards around right and then they can ask more questions of oh my gosh were you freezing did you fall off the mountain or whatever but doing that in your brain obviously is something you can do and that's how I think about it too so yes that made total sense Trisha right and I think it's a good way too to obviously not so with those kids you're doing this outside of the conversation and making it more of a physical thing. Yeah. But for, if you're a neurotypical adult having these conversations, it's also a way to stay more present with what the other person is saying. Cause you're trying to actually be part of that experience as opposed to just thinking about what they said or trying to relate it to your own life, which of course has its place to share those shared experiences But one thing I think that people can start doing to put this into practice and be better at asking questions in general is just start asking questions in your day-to-day. So for example, if (laughs) Molly and I were talking about this earlier, if Molly tells me, oh, I bought some curtains, then as an exercise... I can think, okay, if I were having a conversation with Molly and she told me she bought some curtains, what are questions that I could ask her? I could ask, what color are the curtains? Where did you buy them? What room are they going in? What does the rest of the room look like? Do they have a pattern? That's five questions right there. So as an exercise, take something simple like that and challenge yourself to come up with 10 questions. And not all of them are going to be super interesting. Obviously, Molly and I aren't going to get very deep talking about curtains, but you never know where that conversation could lead. But I was thinking about just, you know, trying to ask more questions in your day-to-day. Why does that thing look like that? Why I'm looking at a, a journal on my desk. Like, I wonder why they chose that particular color and just let yourself wonder so that you get more in the habit of being curious and asking questions so that you don't have to think so hard about it in a conversation. Yeah. And I think that also leads to giving yourself time and opportunities to let yourself wander, which we promote all the time on the podcast, give yourself alone time. So your brain can think we don't have time for that anymore, but yeah, giving your brain the opportunity to wonder things. And then maybe we practice on very, very, trivial relationships so maybe when I got a coffee this morning for example I went to a coffee shop and you know when I went up to the barista I could have said something like she had green hair 
I could have said something like, oh, wow, I love your hair color. What product did you use? Because I think that's very interesting. Or is that permanent? Or, uh, you know, how long have you been working here? How is your day going? Right. I love that exercise and thinking about it uh, with people that you've experienced, maybe super trivial, quick relationships with, too. Yeah. Or something like what inspired you to go green? Yeah. yeah. Open it up for a little more personal and you experiment with this. Maybe, you know, there's nothing wrong with going more personal, even in a small talk situation. I know we just talked a lot about how you can reserve those questions for other situations, but I've had some of the best conversations with strangers where I ask them something really deep, like, oh, is that what you would really do? if money weren't an option, like, what is your, what's your dream? I remember asking someone that at a party and he like literally opened up to me about his whole life story. I never saw him again. It doesn't matter, but it was a really great conversation that stands out in my mind. So this is or not, we have that conversation and maybe people tell you things you don't want to hear. And then you're like, cool. I don't want to be friends with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can scream people out really yep. fast. But this is just to say, don't feel limited by obviously the questions you can ask. But like Molly said, choose lower stakes scenarios to practice. Can I talk about an opportunity real fast? Of course. If that just can't bring that up. I don't know why I asked you for that permission. But anyways, um, Trader Joe's, who goes to Trader Joe's? I go to, well, all Trisha doesn't have any near her. Okay. I used I'll to go share. to Trader Joe's yeah. and they always, I had the best conversations with my cashiers. There's memes about this online because everybody has good conversations with Trader Joe's employees. I don't know who trains them. I don't know if it's part of their training. I don't know what their interview process is like, but 90% of Trader Joe's cashiers, I can get deep within a second. Like the other day I stood, I definitely held up line because the cashier was showing me pictures about his pro pro snowboarding days and we got into like his sobriety and I was like okay gotta go <laughs> like that was for the carrots <laughs> yeah literally I think it was a very small purchase too but it was so interesting because like we got so deep and it's because like we both were inquisitive about each other right I think I think the conversation went something like I had some wine and he was like, oh, like, do you like this wine? And it's the two buck chuck. I buy very cheap wine. And I was like, yeah, it's $2. I don't really care what it tastes like. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, I used to drink. But sometimes, you know, like, I would get too crazy with it. And hence, I'm nine years sober. And I was like, wow, that's so amazing. I'm like, that's an amazing feat. Like, what do you do now? Like, to kind of get that thrill and stuff. And we got into this deep conversation. And that's an example of how you can go back and forth and ask those questions, too. Yeah, and I think that since people don't, go there very often everyone's kind of starved for it and very excited to talk about themselves they're very excited to talk about things that they don't talk about often so some fallback phrases you can have in your back pocket for a situation where let's say you've talked about the environment you've commented on someone's outfit you've talked about the foods you like and then you want to get to know them a little deeper you can always say something like what was it like to fill in the blank what was it like to grow up in Kansas? So instead of just saying like, oh, where are you from? Follow it up with, well, what was that like? Or how do you feel? I know a lot of people don't want to say, especially guys are probably going to resist trying to say, oh, how did that make you feel? So instead of that, you can say, how was it? How was that? And then that is an open-ended question that will get someone to explain more about their experience 
Or why do you think that happened? Would you do that again? Just open-ended questions that will get people to talk more without being so specifically probing about, well, how did that feel for you? Yeah. On the same side of that, like you have to be inquisitive, but you also can't assume a lot of the times, you know, say someone says they went on a trip to Mexico, you can assume it was awesome, but maybe it wasn't. And by asking the questions Trisha just said, you get them to tell you the story instead of assuming what their experience was. Yeah. And I know this whole episode is about questions. And so just, and we're wrapping up, but just something to throw out there. Also, don't be afraid to share. And sometimes like I have the problem of waiting for someone to ask me a question, but I'm trying to get better about just sharing randomly because I recognize that a lot of people will just share without being prompted by the question. And so they're expecting me to do the same But also when you share something first, it opens the door for the other person to feel safe to do so. So if someone you can tell like they're just not really feeling comfortable talking or answering your questions or they're giving you one word answers, then just start talking. Just start talking about yourself and say, well, my favorite food is blah, blah, blah. And then it's going to give them permission to feel like, okay, I'm safe to share this. And all of this comes back to the initial line that prompted this whole conversation, which was, you never asked. If you want to know something about someone, like Molly just said, don't assume. Ask. If you're curious about what happened, ask. And if you're not curious about it, ask yourself why you don't care about these things. And maybe it will be helpful for you to take some of your focus off yourself and onto other people because that's very rewarding and fulfilling and can strengthen your bonds with other people, which I believe the most important things we have in life are our relationships. And so if you're really, really struggling with this, ask yourself what you want to know about other people. And if you generally don't care about any of those other things, then that's a deeper question you might want to consider in yourself as well. Good point. I like that. All right, let's get into some takeaways. So we've given you lots of tangible takeaways, I think, through this episode. But one that I will leave you with that's my favorite, is talking to a trivial person in your life that will most likely be a 15-minute relationship. So a cashier, the DoorDash person, whoever. <laughs> um, it's a little harder these days to find strangers. To I know. I was just thinking, COVID I was like, but... mine are all DoorDash people. <laughs> but um, ask him a question ask them a question. You can listen back to this episode for many examples. Yeah. My takeaway would be think of a person in your life that you care about and think of something that you don't know about them, that you're just, you're just like, wow, that's never come up. And instead of waiting for it to come up the next time you're with them, just ask the question. And unless it's like totally random and out of the blue, it's going to be okay. People like to talk about themselves. So I think sometimes there's this hurdle of, oh, that would be so weird for me to just ask, what did you, what was your first job? Or I don't know, whatever question it is that you have for them. But the other person's going to be so excited to talk about that most likely, unless it was a very traumatic experience, that they're not going to fixate on why is this person asking me this question. So my takeaway, your homework is think of a person in your life, think of something that you don't know about them, And just ask them that question and see what happens from there. Thank you all for listening. 
All right. Have a good day. Go communicate. Is that our new tagline?